Hello and welcome to episode 1210 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, August 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon, well, morning where they are, by both Justin Mason and Nick Pollock live in California. What's going on, guys? What is happening? How you doing? This is going to be a clusterfuck of a podcast. Um, Excuse you. I, I'm here right now. In front of me, you're going to curse like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't. You're, you're in our house, know, buddy. I've lived with you for the last 24 hours. I know how you talk in real life. Normal. Yeah, I talk normal. normal. I talk normal. <laughs> so for those that don't know and not and aren't watching, uh, Nick is in California. Yeah, uh, staying with Justin. What 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 is the uh, the occasion of the visit in general? There's Just to visit a, Justin. I mean, yes, which of course. is the, the, all you need Most for a reason. But was there any supplemental reason? Uh, Dave Sherman, a uh, longtime right. staffer here at Pitcher List. Actually, the reason we had number one catcher rankings in like 2020 is because oh, nice. of Dave. Not me. I didn't do. I didn't know anything about. That's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's you probably didn't know and, half the list. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And uh, it was he's getting married in wine country, so. That's fantastic. Justin. I was like, are you guys nearby? He's like, are we? Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. And that's great. Um, so we got both of you here. This is going to be fun. We are going to talk one piece of hitting, though. So we're going to scare Nick what? off the top, but then that'll be it. It's all pitchers after that. Pitcher news and two start guys that uh, we kind of figure out where we want to start them per usual. You know, some guys obviously will start in 15s, maybe some 12s, maybe some 10s. So we'll run it down. But let's start with the one bit of hitter news. And it's such a popular hitter that even Nick knows him. His name is Mike Trout. He's back. Oh, wait, psych. No, he's not. He is the literal embodiment of the Abe Simpson walking into the bar and then going right back out meme. One day, was it one day or two? that he was back justin i think it was literally the same day he literally abe simpson did uh so he's back on going back on the il and really i want to start with you justin i just want to spin it forward right now what are we doing with trout next year he's already started to kind of trickle down the fantasy rankings this year but still gets love does he take a big hit this year is it still a slower kind of decline because he's mike freaking trout where do we stand on Trout after another injury-riddled, disappointing season? Um, you know, great, great stats, but just not there. What's up with Trout for you? That's a really interesting question because I'm pretty sure I saw the Pole Hitter Discord podcast. Rob DiPietro, he he's putting together like a first draft of the year. Yeah, um, like seven rounds. Yeah, and so they've already. I know I saw like the first four or five rounds, and I believe Trout went in the back end of the fourth round. Uh, okay which feels like a pretty nice discount on a guy that when he's playing, he's still an elite talent. The problem is he just doesn't play. So for context 22nd this year in the main event. Mm -hmm. And then for further context, that's going to be around the fifties, sixties area, the, the spot that you said that's where Luis Robert, Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwarber and Adelise Garcia went this year. That's a, a really interesting range there. There's power speed from three of the guys, although Adelise didn't run, but coming into the year, we thought it'd be power speed. He only has eight this year. And then Schwarber's kind of that pure power guy. So looking at Robert Mullins Garcia, actually, no, I don't think we look at Robert and Mullins because Trout doesn't run. It's maybe more of a this year's Garcia, right? Who, who mm -hmm. had the power but didn't run. Uh, Trout is actually a unique player type to those other four there. And you think that's a pretty fair price then, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty fair price. I will probably be out on it personally, just because, especially with the deeper leagues that I play in, you can't really take a lot of injury risk. And we you just know at this point that Trout is What do you know injured. about injury risk, Justin? True. Nick, um, again, 
hitters, not uh, not your favorite area, but you do know Trout. I know that sometimes when you're in drafts, you will lean on on more of the veterans, which is actually a, a good strategy, by the way. You actually not being super duper in and familiar with all the the latest flavors of the month probably serves you well because a lot of times it's those kind of solid veteran types you know brian reynolds is a guy that's always used but like mookie bets in the early round sure. and I, you know trout at least in terms of the production not the not the playing time but he's kind of a steady eddie are you still going to stick with him you know he's one of the guys you know you get in those fourth rounds and your pitcher your hitter list is probably already run out right you only list like 15 pitchers when you go into <laughs> or hitters i keep yeah, saying something pitchers. about it yeah close no enough. so jokes aside um we know your pitcher list but with trout are, are you is he somebody you would take the discount on if he's a fourth fifth rounder in a no, 15 teamer because for me it's uh it's about having uh hitters that i don't need to deal with getting the flavor of the month right so like yeah. i i don't want to have to deal with replacing trout um, exactly. And that, that's really the issue for me there. And what's really nice is actually in season, I have enough people here at Pitcherless that I go, okay, Scott, you, you do hit or list. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about these guys, show me some amazing, you know, PLV rolling charts on hitters. Like what's their swing decision? Like those are actually the things that for me make it so easy to do any sort of hitter analysis. Um, so you see stuff like CJ Abrams making better decisions at the plate all of a sudden. It's like, oh, cool. This is actually the, the growth Gunnar Henderson, right? Uh, and it's 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 a little bit easier these days to pick up in season, but yeah, I don't want to deal with a trout in this. Uh, it, it's it's not going to get better; it's going to get no. worse, isn't it? Yeah, there so, might be a random spike, but like you, if you're trying to catch the one lightning in a bottle, because I I just I don't even want to say I believe it because it is more of a random thing, but I would not be surprised if he has a random 145 game season somewhere here in these next three or four years. I don't know when it's going to come. I'm just saying there might be a random spike here, and I don't think you chase Trout just for that random playing time spike because what's the best predictor of injury? Previous injury. Uh, A future injury, it's previous injury. So, yeah, I'm with both of you. I I think I lean away. You know, if the discount gets to a certain level, sure, but at, at fourth round, big 55 through 65 area there uh in a 15 teamer i I don't think so i I actually don't think i'm I'm really that in on mike trout right now and it's it's unfortunate but i don't want to play the waiver wire game uh, when i don't have to and it seems like you're guaranteed to have to for like darn near half the year with mike trout all right, let's get to the pitchers. Let's start with you on this one, Nick. Hunter Green's going to go again tonight. Um, he was originally slated, I think, for the weekend and then moved up. The reason I know that is because Brett Kennedy was on the probables, and that's why I put in my SP chart, and now they're talking green. His first start off the IL was a pure still ill, one of your catchphrases about guys that, you know, coming off the IL, maybe skip them, especially if it's a long. Do you have set rules on still ill, by the way? Or it's, is it kind of uh, case by case? Because it for me, case it's case by, by case. case. Um, especially with like the aces, like Max Freed showcase, yeah. it's fine, and Brandon Woodruff. What's really nice these days is still ill started because we didn't have any sort of AAA data. So yeah. we don't know pitch counts. We don't know velocities. We don't know pitch usage and success and everything. Now we do, which does make it a little bit easier. And we're able to say like, oh, this is worthwhile or not. To see how built up they right. are. And then uh, their, their first start exactly. back isn't going to be 30 uh, But then again, when it, against the Jays too, it was just like, okay, we avoid this. What's actually kind of nice about Hunter Green, it's also on a nice of uh, the other Hunter color. That is Hunter Brown, which is the funniest thing in the world to me. But it's, it was actually a really good game pitch wise and location wise with his four seamer insider plv loved both of the pitches all of really? the mistakes he threw were demolished by the jays yeah and sometimes that just happens you throw mistakes i think it's like a 10 percent rate of all pitches are about a mistake and it's uh they were just taken advantage of for whatever reason he gets the diamondbacks which are way nicer i'm starting him i have him in my back in? start here okay oh, yeah, absolutely 
Yeah, I think I would be too. This was an easy pass, the Toronto one. And I don't say that just because we know he has eight earned for all the reasons Nick laid out. It was a two-month layoff for a guy who's already volatile, has home run issues, pitching in his home park against Toronto. I think that was an easy layoff. Arizona here, I think I am back in as well, especially being encouraged because I only box scored this one, a box score scout, and I didn't get to watch the Hunter Green one. And hearing Nick take some positives from it, Justin, does encourage me to get him back in there because it's rare to find positives in a 10-hit, nine-run, eight of them earned, five homer game and yet he did find positives there to put him back in against an Arizona team that certainly isn't as scary as they were you know a month or so ago when they were cooking so Justin are you back in on Hunter Green let's go a lo lower level here let's go straight to 10 teamers because I think Nick and I are saying 12 and 15 co-sign what about 10s you going for this tonight Arizona Hunter Green I think you pro if you have him rostered, you're probably going with him. Yeah. You just know that there is risk anytime Hunter Green steps on the mound. I mean, yeah, you know, because you of the homers. These, yeah, the home runs are, you know, can be an issue. And when he loses command of a pitch, the ball goes far. Uh, so but I think the upside is so great, especially if you're chasing strikeouts. If you're in a situation where you're in a head to head playoff situation and you need those strikeouts or a win. I think you've got to probably roll with it in a 10-teamer. It's just not for the fan of heart. And this is why I don't tend to draft guys like this, because I don't want to deal with the kind of volatility that comes along with them. Hipsters, baby. Hipsters, yeah. Eddie pitchers stifling the entire roster. They, they, they can be tough because their downside games are killers. You know, a guy that this reminds me of a little bit is like um, Jesus Lazardo, And he had those three duds to open the month, Texas, Yankees, Houston. And it's like, oh, God, do I start him at San Diego? And I was talking to my friend Greg. We get the reference to Greg in early today. And he's like, I can't leave him on my bench because then it's going to be the 13K game when you leave a guy like that on your bench. And that's the Hunter Green thing. Again, I think it's easy to do a still ill and don't start him off a two-month IL stint. But once he kind of is back upright, ready to go, even off of a dud start, I got Hunter Green in everywhere. Let's move on to another young pitcher. Mason Miller is on rehab right now, and we know that he created a flurry when he came up. The stuff is evident uh, and, and great, but you're talking about a guy who has no volume whatsoever. Even, you know, cut what his first call up here, we were dealing with a guy who had like uh, 40 innings max in a season. I don't even know if it was 40 in a season. I think it was closer to 30. I think it was 36 and a third, yeah. if I remember. In a pro correctly. season, 36 yeah. and a third. Um, and so, you know, never threw over 100 even in, in college, 92 and two thirds. And on a team with negative win potential, Justin, is Mason Miller somebody you're going and picking up? And if so, where right now, if you're trying to trying to scoop him for a stretch run, is there any value there? No. Just flat out? Just flat out, no. I mean, he's on the worst team ever constructed in the history <laughs> of baseball. Uh, they're not going to win games for him. He Will he even be able to go deep enough into games? That's my biggest thing. To yeah. even qualify for a win? Uh, the, the upside on the strikeouts are nice, but if he's only going like three and a third, like how much upside is there really? You yeah. know, it's, it's 10 strikeouts, right? If you struck out all guys, <laughs> yes, in, yeah. in 10, and he goes 10 up, 10 down. I but think the downside drastically outweighs the potential upside at this point. He'll be a guy that I'll be interested in if he comes at a fairly decent price next year but i think you will rest the way i don't think i'm interested yeah i think I, I think i lean that way nick you can disagree if you'd like but then i want to also ask you about 2024 with mason miller because he is showing some flashes here and if he does have a decent stretch run even if it's a bunch of three four inning outings that get a bunch of k's and flash his greatness I'm curious how that's going to build up the price but first question do you disagree about chasing him for this year at all no and uh yeah we had a fun call uh conversation about this when we did the live stream together um maybe it was at the trade deadline maybe it 
it was actually a um a live stream of uh what was it emerson hancock's it was when, i think, I think it, was. it was when we were doing the hancock yeah stream, that was I believe. fun oh, that man, was a lot more of fun. those it's so good uh yeah do them during the playoffs we oh well if they will let us do it on well, playback yeah. that would be i know great. you're working with playback uh, on that, but that that would be we'll, we'll get like so everyone killing. in the industry to jump into those that's just like everybody just watch baseball together anyway uh, with Mason Miller, absolutely this year is like, okay, fine. We can't really go after this. I understand completely about the athletics. I think they have a 30% win percentage overall, not even just their starters. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. It, you're already at a 30%, and then it goes lower than that this year, which I totally understand. Um, there is a case to be made that if a pitcher is able to go six frames for the athletics, that does get more amplified. I mean, just that just suggests that they're doing well enough to be better than their generic 30% win chance. But that's mm-hmm. all that aside. Yeah, not good for wins with Mason Miller, let alone how much they're going to push him. How much are they going to let him actually stretch out before seasons? And they might pick up, they might let him start. And then, yeah, as you said, Justin, four innings or so. Right. So you don't really want to go after that. Um, next year. Yeah, I think where, where, where are you at with Miller next year? And and let's let's focus on twelves. That's that's your sure. wheelhouse. So twelves I mean, kind of gets the best of both worlds here. Yeah, the context oh. is is important there, right? Because fifteen teamers. Uh, this is actually the most interesting thing. I really want to tie into this. I looked back at Fantasy Pros's um, twenty twenty three ADP for starters about a couple weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. and I looked at it um, from the perspective of the top fifty starters and then outside of it, right, and most of the guys that performed well outside the top 50 pretty much weren't drafted. There were maybe two exceptions that I really am reflecting on, like how, what could I do better on, which is Zach Probably Eflin a ton and, of rookies, right? And Evaldi. Yeah, there's also like yeah. Mitch Keller and Justin Steele's another one. But even Mitch Keller didn't really do well right away. And exactly. if you draft him, you probably dropped him. Same with Kyle Bradish, even like the first month or two. I mean, Mason held on to him. But I uh, but even then, when you're I like, should I be him. doing yeah. it right like we um, both, we, we were big Bradish guys, so we we held tight. But yeah. I bet a lot of people didn't if they weren't as bought in. And the so the thing we, is, we're, I wasn't kind bought of in on Bradish because he wasn't changing anything until like June, and then only in June was the slider actually big. Oh, cool! I'm going to throw this and not the four seamer anymore, which is a bad cut action pitch. And then he changed everything, and then he just been, has been on this absurd run. But we you. have the luxury of playing in a lot of 15 team leagues where there's just not any yeah, good options. On exactly. The you, but even it, then you were debating it. You were debating if absolutely. you were dropping Bradish not though. Right. Yeah. And, and, but, but with the 15s, you don't have to make as many pressure situations sure. early on those guys that you believe in. Right. And right. since we were Bradish believers, we lean toward getting them. Somebody that might've picked them because they heard us talk about them or somebody else. Cause you know, like them too. Was up and that they might matter. be moving on though. Maybe they're like, okay, I, yeah. I believe Spore, you know, and Justin appreciate the pick, but it's just not working. They move. Sure. On. So right. those are hard. So yeah, you so mentioned the that the context that. is very important with Miller. Continue on with that. Right. Mason so Miller we're talking what I'm about trying here. to get at is in your drafts last year, a lot of the guys that you got after like SP 50, they were off your team. And yeah. um, and even like in 15 teams, you just moved on from a lot of these because they just were not panning out. I mean, I, I really implore you guys to look at that ADP. I have it saved because they might overwrite it at some point just in case. But it's like, wow, yeah, all of these like, no, I did not want to hold on to which you can take it two ways of one, either that puts a larger emphasis on those first 50 and you can't rely on the upside after, or it says, Hey, I should feel okay chasing more upside things after 50 because the guys I think are stable weren't. Yes. So I, so I think that, both are true to be honest. Right. It's kind of it's interesting. Not even so, an either or. so then if you look at Mason Miller, for me, my assessment of Mason Miller is I, I understand all the concerns, like how many innings is he going to throw? 
What is his health? 100%. What is a win potential? All of that is so valid. Um, at the same time, his four seamer is a very legitimate pitch. His slider and cutter are also legitimate pitches. His curveball, legit pitch. It's just about like, okay, can he throw enough strikes with those secondaries? Yes. Mason Miller will produce, will help when he starts if those things are true. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, um, even if you don't get the wins on it, it's still a beneficial start for you in my view. It's just like, okay, are we going to see that potential come to life? Is Are we going to see um, how much of it we're going to see? The way I see it is then, all right, I will take a chance in a 12-teamer. Maybe. Maybe at the end of the draft, the price is going to be like nothing, I think, on Mason exactly. Miller next year. And we'll just see what is the first start. You know, what, what? where is he at with his arsenal at that moment? If it's not coming together, okay, maybe I move on from it. But you won't find many guys that have the potential at least later on. So it's about the context of, are you in a position to take a chance on that or not? Do you want to go to something more Toby-esque, as I would say, that you need and you feel more comfortable in? Maybe they have a really good April schedule or something. Great, then go for that. That's all fine yeah. with me. I just want to have like a little circle that says, Mason Miller, I'm very interested because the stuff is legit and the command wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be when I first saw him. I think that's totally fair. And, you know, things can come together quickly. Like, I don't think, you know, I hope for their sake. Oh, baby, let's go. I I hope for their sake, Oakland isn't as bad next year. So maybe they're more of kind of run of the mill bad team. But we've seen that this has been a full scale teardown. Justin was on that. Um, They do more retools usually. I will say, though, you have to be careful getting too many of those Miller types. And I use my own example here uh, because. I gravitate toward guys like that. Just give me the talent. I'll figure out the wins. And I've complained about this a bunch, but I'm going to bring it up again. Second in K's, first in whip, third in ERA, dead ass last in wins. And it's because of guys like that where I, I'll take the talent and you know, if they're on a crappy team, I don't care. Now, it's not all that. I've been win unlucky too, even with some of my good guys on good teams. But you have to be careful getting too many of those guys. And I myself have to protect myself from that. So I don't want to overcorrect and ignore a Mason Miller because he is very talented. And I do think that's a worthy point. And to cap Nick's point, if it doesn't work out, you cut him and you move on and you're finding the next guy. And it can work both ways though too. It doesn't always have to be with those late gambles. It doesn't always have to be the prospect who you're trying to shoot the moon with. You mentioned the name Zach Eflin. He was a guy who seems like a boring kind of crusty dude with upside though. And one of the things is I think Toby's can have upsides. And for those that don't know what Toby's are, that's another Nick phrase where basically just kind of uh, he's there and gets the job done. Nobody's really excited to see him. It's about Toby from the office there. And they're just kind of your run-of-the-mill guys, your guys that you're streaming in and out on 12-teamers, 10-teamers, but they're not doing much for you. In 15-teamers, we kind of love Toby's because those are the guys that uh, we'd rather at least keep holding instead of playing the waiver wire. But Toby's Toby's can matter too. It's just a hard, it's hard to figure out who the good Toby's are going to be. Like who knew Eflin was going to jump that much with them? Or he's a holly I, now. I did. Yeah, he's a great, holly. He's the, he's he's the best. Of Toby. <laughs> he's the best Toby. Well, and then oh, there, there was the, the Spider-Man, right? Or Because of Toby McGuire. That's still being a Toby. Holly is like, oh no, no, you're you're, you're on way another better. level. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. so you're you're above the Tobys now, <laughs> yeah. Holly, also an offense reference. But it used to be the best Toby was Spider Man yeah, because that. that's Tobey Kyle Hendricks right now. Okay, I think it, that makes Spider-Man. sense. That makes sense. He is pitching quite well. So Mason Miller, you know, we'll have more info, but I just wanted to see if the two guys were uh, Justin and Nick were taking him for next year, and it is kind of a case by case right now. We really have to see what he does down the stretch here 
if he's even able to pitch. Speaking of a Toby who really jumped up this year and you really couldn't have seen it, you might have just drafted him for some uh, for some fill-in innings. Then all of a sudden, Merrill Kelly is out here having a wonderful season. Nick, I want to start with you on this one. He was dealing last night. Unfortunately, comes out for warm-ups in the eighth. He was ready to pitch the eighth, too. Has to leave with some discomfort. Hopefully, it's not too bad. But he had seven innings of one-hit ball with 12 Ks, no walks on 86 pitches. Dude was absolutely rolling. Merrill Kelly's 34. You know, they were going to let him roll. It wasn't a no-hitter, a perfect game or anything, but they were going to let him try to get the shutty if, if things didn't get too crazy there. 297 ERA, 113 whip. We know the volatility of somebody like Merrill Kelly. He's getting the best of what his skills can ERA-wise, right? He's still, at his core, a lot of the same guy he's been. The Ks are up a bit. But what do you do with a season like this as you spin it forward, especially for somebody who's going to be 35 next year, Nick? What does the great 2023 for Merrill Kelly do for you? Let's assume that the injury is minor and is not going to impact him because obviously that would change the calculus completely. So what, what are you doing with Kelly next year? on the heels of this excellent season. Yeah, of course. Um, so Renee Deckert, uh, a staff writer here at Pitcher List, uh, got a chance to talk to Merrill Kelly about a week ago and ask really, you know, the major two things is, hey, your four-seamer swing strike rate has gone up for two years now. Um, used to be like an 8% pitch, and now it's like 13%, which is really big Huge. for a guy like Merrill Kelly. And then also the O-swing on the changeup went up from like the 30s or so to, right? I think it's like the fifth best in the majors at 45% or something. Um, with how much he throws it, which is insanely good, right? And so she asked him about it, and he said, oh, yeah, so uh, with when it comes to the four-seamer, it's really because the other secondaries were so good that I'm able to attack with it differently, um, which was really nice. Like, it's not necessarily that he's he's not getting more velocity on it. It's just that mm -hmm. he can now save it and throw it in a different place at a different time because he doesn't have to lean in on it as much. With the changeup, which I didn't know, he changed his grip uh, last year, and he's pretty much the same pitch as it was last year. Uh, and he's just getting more comfortable with it now. And that is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, mixed in the Arizona Diamondbacks defense being phenomenal again. Uh, Infield and outfield, big right? Thing, yes, big thing last year for Kelly. It was actually one of the things that I was upset about myself was I wasn't giving enough credit to defenses and their impact on, on pitchers. The Dodgers defense, amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Astros defense was amazing and the Diamondbacks defense was amazing but last year. We saw a lot of success there for Kelly because of that, right? It can go wrong sometimes, right? Because the Cardinals defense didn't protect their guys. Absolutely. But um, there can be a balance. Defense, the Giants were so good in 2021. We're like, oh man, they fix all these pitchers. And it's like, oh no, their defense was just the worst good. defense right. in the universe. So, so that's a great, uh, great point. So when you look at Kelly next year, um, I, I see it in two ways. One, I do believe what he's doing is successful. It is not necessarily this good, but it is productive for your teams. Mm -hmm. And the question becomes, okay, is he going to be able to replicate everything that he does across his repertoire? Probably not. And also the defense, are we going to expect it to be exactly the same or better? I can't answer that question quite yet. Um, my instinct is to say, yeah, Kelly is fine. Kelly is one of those guys I think I will be okay drafting around the fifties or so in my SP rankings, just because like, all right, if I don't want to chase another cherry bomb, that is someone who's ultra sweet or blows up in your face of these strikeout guys, mm -hmm. then fine. I will just go with Kelly and be happy with it. I can see him getting drafted higher than I will be going for because I, well, I tell you every year, there's always someone like a Seth Lugo that just shows up and it's like, well, yep. that's just fine too. And you a don't absolutely. need to go after Merrill Kelly. You can find those guys. If you really want to search for them. Once we know defenses are good, um, which ones are going to be rolling with that. So 
I'm that's not going to jump as much as other people will for Merrill Kelly. That's the thing. We talk about this a lot with, with players like this, especially a 35 year old who kind of is, is who he is. He has improved. Merrill Kelly's made major improvements, but he's not a transformative pitcher. Um, you're looking for the next version of that, right? Like Zach Eflin, I'll re I'll bring his name up again. You're looking for the next guy who's going to go from somebody people used to be interested into. We know who he is. We're moving on. Oh, he goes to Tampa Bay. That got some interest, but it really didn't shoot his price up through the roof. Eflin was still very affordable and the people that believed in him got him, but you want to kind of find the next version of those guys instead of paying the freight on them. Justin, with Merrill Kelly specifically, all the changes that uh, Nick outlined and they are, they are Plentiful and real, 7% jump in K rate, the three-point jump in, uh, or two-and-a-half-point jump in swing strike rate is really nice. At the end of the day, his Sierra, Skill Interactive ERA, is only six points better than last year, and his FIP is actually worse. So the ERA indicators aren't aren't really believing. Is this the case where we don't we don't just believe in those, uh, you know, completely, and we look at the components more? Or are you looking at the Sierra and FIP and saying, Kelly's basically kind of been the same guy and and things are kind of working out for him this year how do you assess kelly for next year yeah i just think he's one of these guys who's going to constantly beat his underlying metrics uh because of Ouch. what he does uh and so and here's the thing i kind of disagree with you guys in terms of like you're going to be looking for the next merrill kelly next year as opposed to this uh this year is because He's a guy who's always going to get devalued in the market, right? Like, well, especially he, as he gets older, too, he's right? Getting like, older, he, he just won't the, jump. Uh, those underlying, you know, numbers, the FIP and the Sierra are going to point to a lot of people just going, look, he's going to regress. He can't be this good because the underlying numbers say that, in spite of the fact that he'll beat those every year. I do worry about the defense maybe taking a you know a step back and that really hurting him. That is Fip and Sierra, right? They yeah. don't include the defense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the difference right there. And so and we just saw like we were just talking about the Giants, right? Like the best defense in 2021, 2022, 2023, they've been one of the worst defenses. But they have old guys. The D-backs actually have players that whose ages don't start with three. But the infield isn't young, necessarily. Geraldo Perdomo, I don't even know if he can drink legally. And, well, but he's the only one. Marte is a guy he's who the gets most important up. One. Jordan Lawler is going to come up at some point. We don't know what he's going to look like defensively. Mm -hmm. So like this, like this infield may not look the same next year as it does right now. So True. here's the thing. I had him as my number 50 starting pitcher. I just actually looked up my um, projections uh, and he went behind that. I was getting Merrill Kelly in like draft champions leagues and stuff like that because people just would pass on him because he's old he's boring, and yeah. boring. And, and I think those kind of guys, especially when they can eat a lot of innings are really, really valuable uh, in a way that people don't recognize, especially for those of us who play in 15 team leagues, but in 12s as well. Because if if he sucks, you can always drop him pretty easily. You're not worried about having to make up that production. But the consistency of being able to roll him out week in and week out and just get you know level, consistent production is really valuable in fantasy. I don't think we talk about that enough. No, I, I think there is, there is value in some of these older guys. And like I said, finding value in 
or finding upside in age is something that uh, I don't think is done a lot in the fantasy circles. And you're right about maybe not finding the next Kelly because of his age. I do think you should probably try to find the next Eflin. I, I believe in Eflin. I like what he's done with Tampa Bay. Uh, but I do wonder if his price will shoot up because Tampa Bay gets that cosign that can really push guys too. So they're, they're, those two are a little different from each other. I shouldn't have really grouped them because you're right. Kelly's age will keep him cheap. Yeah. Let's go back to some younger pitchers here and talk JP France, who's been having a great season is what I would have said prior to yesterday. Uh, no, he still has been having a good season, but he demolished his ERA. He kind of gave back all the regression in one fell swoop with a 10 earned run destruction at the hands of Boston. And it literally moved his ERA, I think almost a full run here. He went from 275 to 351. So yeah, basically took care of the full regression there uh, really quickly. Does it change your outlook on him, Justin, with JP France? Like, are you turning to cutting him now? Or is this like the Braxton Garrett situation where he wore a tough one against Atlanta, which is better than Boston, but Boston's a good offense. So wearing a tough one against a, a good team, but then he bounced back and he's been great. Are you worried about France here? I mean, he had been excellent before this. There was no indication of this. This just seems like the off day of off days against a quality club. But is it enough to scare you off of France in 10s and 12s? I know in 15s, there's no world where you're cutting him. There's just not anything better out there. But what about the shallower formats? Would you move on from France? No, I and I think, I can't remember if it was Dusty Baker uh, or someone within the organization that said it. They kind of let him wear this one because they needed to kind of let the bullpen rest a little bit. And, and unfortunately, they, it didn't work because he yeah. still went two and a third. Yeah, so... Uh, the, it, I, I just think this was just a bad outing. Um, it sucks. It hurts. Uh, but I think he'll be similar to the guy that he was prior to that. Um, I just, I'm not super worried about France. And it's not like there are other members of the rotation that are performing so well that they need to take him out of that rotation. So, uh, true. I'm, I'm not trouble even filling it right now with Javier doing what he's doing. The idea that humans aren't allowed to have a bad day. Yeah is like what come on and that you would like turn around and cut you're not allowed i mean you're a human you're not a robot you're gonna have a bad game um his four seamer and changeup were much worse uh cutter was still great sliders were still really well located but yeah he just didn't have it that game that's fine he's gonna get boston again i guarantee you it's going to be better against boston <laughs> yep. be i know worse. but i mean it, right true. but it's like but that's go it's going to be a better game um the unfortunate situation is that he's going to get the rangers after so I think every 12 team manager needs to say, look, am I actually going to go for it against the boss Boston next start? Am I going to do that? If you're not, which is fine. You don't have to. True. If that's your gut. OK, then recognize you're not going to get France for like, what, 14 days. Yeah. Uh, also, it's Basically a six man rotation. Two week so time frame. It off is then. the athletics after. And you're definitely going to want to do France there, regardless of what happens in the next two starts. If France is making that start against the athletics, just do it. Everyone has mm -hmm. valleys. In the season, just because you have two bad starts in a row, Bryce Moe then dominates again. Like, who cares? It happens all the time. So you're going to start him there. Just make the decision if you are going to go against the Red Sox now. I would. If you're not, then move on. Because this is that's a third of the season left. More? 40%? Yeah. So that's a huge, huge impact. And you just got to make the decision now. Yeah, if you have two starts that you're definitely not using France, maybe there is a drop if you find somebody you really like, but he probably still isn't your worst guy. So I might be just treating JP France as a team streamer, which means I'm keeping him, but maybe skipping a start or two. Uh, he is headed to Fenway, like you mentioned, and then Texas, like you said, too. So two toughies, 
but I'm not completely running from France. Yesterday does not invalidate all of the great work he had done for 18 starts. Like it, it's just don't do that. Like that's bad fantasy management in my opinion. So uh, hopefully we don't see people cutting him. Well, actually, if they want to, they can do it in my league. Cut him. I'll go pick JP France <laughs> up. Let's talk another young guy and stay with you here. Nick Ryan Pepio. He got a double opener. By the way, we've been, we've been seeing double openers a lot more. I don't know if it if yeah, there's something behind it or what, but like we know who the primaries are going to be a lot these days and we're seeing two guys come in before them sometimes it's like two of the same hand sometimes it's one right run, one left i haven't been able to figure out any sort of pattern but that did happen for pepio yesterday caleb ferguson opened and then ryan yarbrough was next so two lefties before he got four strong innings three hits a run six k's and zero walks and i will invoke the name of my friend greg yet again because he was on pep early bringing up that he had really improved the control in spring and now he has continued it throughout the minor leagues and his first two starts here in the majors so even if you add it all up it's still a small sample of triple a uh, spring training and his two starts in the majors but it is a major change for pepio where he had like 35 40 grade control now all of a sudden dudes walking like two per nine over the course of the season here. If you add up all the stuff that he's done, are we seeing a tangible change here from Ryan Pepio? Have the Dodgers done it again with a legit prospect here, Nick, Ryan Pepio? I'll be honest with you. Before I talk about another pitcher, uh, I just got to make sure at some point we're going to talk about Cole Reagans. I don't see this on the thing, but we can absolutely we, I just can. Need any moment. Yeah, I need no, any I, moment because any any chance I get to bring up Cole Reagans, I, I, I'm interested in. So, yes, I'll, I'll put oh, him on the, man. On okay, the rundown good. next. Good. Yes. I, I feel like I'm going to get outvoted no matter what I say here. About who? Reagan's? Oh, my oh, you got some stop garbage stop takes? Those. I mean, yeah, right. we'll, stop, we'll stomp <laughs> I just, those I out. I wanted to make you guys. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Um, with uh, Pe uh, Pepio, um, yeah, I led with him in the roundup over the weekend in his previous start because I love the fact that now he's starting to change up for strikes again. Um, yeah. When he first came up from the minors last year, everyone was like, oh, man, it's like an 80-grade future changeup. And I was I like, this is great. Too. so exciting. Then he went, I think, like, one over 20 whiffs on it and just could not throw a straight. It was like a 40% strike rate. You need to have like a 60% plus to be a good to pitch, be an really. 80 grade. Yeah. Pitch. You got to be doing a lot better than he was. Uh, and it was great over the weekend. It was really, really strong offering. Also, the slider was doing effective things. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Being a guy that's in position for a win for the Dodgers is so good. It, yes. it, it, it I've really said, I think the, the, the Rays, the Astros, and the Dodgers are the three organizations that know how to treat pitchers. Now, I didn't, I'm not giving them the benefit over the years, like Eflin going, as we were talking about before, Lanceling going over to the Dodgers. Like, I haven't been doing that. And Pepio, I think, or Pepio, I can't, I can never. Pepeo. It's Pepio. Figure, it's unbelievable. I we can't do this. I know. I made it G Pepio, as in like Geppetto <laughs> for my roundup yesterday. Um, I still can do it. Okay. Pepio. Uh, Pepiat. Oh my gosh. I, uh, he is in that situation with the Dodgers right now there. I think they figured him out a little bit, which is great. He's going to get these opportunities. I don't think it's going to be Emma Sheehan, honestly, a whole lot. I think it's going to be Ryan instead. I with agree. Gonson and being on the shelf. Um, I think there's something really nice to steal here um, in 12 teamers is he's just getting completely overlooked. Yeah, I, I, I was hard targeting Pepio. I mentioned my win troubles earlier. Hard targeted him in the main last week. Got him for four tied with somebody. So 
one of the top three teams because I'm in fourth. One of those top three teams went for him as well at four, and I got him, and I feel pretty good about that. Unfortunately, I got Stone Garrett too, and he broke his leg. I feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pepio, I mean, he does look different. And and when that control in place and the, the credit that we give to the Dodgers just by default for how well they develop pitchers, the win potential, I think he's a must pick up right now, um, especially for chasing wins because if he's getting an opener, that really improves your win chance, even if he's going three, four innings at a pop. But I think he can go five down the stretch. Nick, or excuse me, Justin, thoughts on, on Pepio? Anything to add before we move on to uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Cole Reagans? Yeah, nothing much to add because you guys, I, th- I think, said it all. Uh, as long as he's getting that opener, it's my only concern is if they decide to like put him traditional starter and then he goes four and you don't get that win potential. But, I mean, you guys nailed it. Any pitcher that is showing any signs of life on the Dodgers right now, I want my lineup. Yeah, I will say, if he does go traditional starter for Pep, I'm not as scared as I would have been reviewing him before the year started when I had had the sure. big control concerns because now he can maybe get five on a limited pitch count, whereas before I was like, he's barely going to get three because he walks the yard. But so few walks now, he's been a different guy, really like Pepio. All right, let's talk Cole Reagans. I love this guy, man. And yes, obviously, I'll take any opportunity... I can to talk about Cole Reagans, uh, you know, uh, if I can, if, I feel like I can do my victory lap at this point. I was, I was in on him early. Love Cole Reagans. Didn't know he was going to get traded to KC and explode there. I, part of the reason I liked him was he was with Texas, but they didn't really have room for him. They make the trade for Chapman um, and, and they trade Reagans and boom, he instantly finds his footing with the Royals. He's been fantastic. Nick, I'll let you take the lead here because we have talked about him quite a bit, but I love what Cole Reagans is doing. I really believe in this. I know it's a small sample, but talk to us about why we should be believing in this 35 inning run from Cole Reagans oh, uh, in KC. He is a unicorn. Uh, it, it is absolutely astonishing what Cole Reagans does. And I, by the way, I want to make like a shirt that is, I, I want to call him Cole Reagans because that's the way that Love I can it. remember it. It's not Reagan's. Uh, oh, no, that Yeah, Raggins. It's not Raggins. See, I can't even remember that one anymore. This is great. And I just want to say pew, pew, pew every single time he does well. You know what uh, his middle name is? Uh, what? Gatlin. Is that like right? A, like a Gatlin gun? Really? No, no, yeah. of course not. I swear, not to, God. I no swear to God. That's I swear to God. That's incredible. my life. Amazing. Yeah, so okay. Ga- so Gatlin, Ray, Guns, Ray Guns. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He's so good. So the story for me with, with Reagan's is I... Uh, Last year, he actually had some starts with the Rangers, and I love the fact that he was around the zone. He wasn't necessarily dominating with it, but I, I thought of Cole Hamels because of the changeup down and away, and then trying to go upstairs and in against right-handers with fastballs and cutters inside of it. And I love that approach. I mean, especially as a lefty, you're going up in uh, the opposite corners against right-handers, and if you can do that, you'll figure out lefties eventually. Just throw a decent breaking ball, and you've got him dead as a lefty, right? And that's the easiest thing, I think, for for lefties to develop. But it was just he was nibbling too much. He wasn't really pristine with that command. Also, it was at 92. Then he shows up and has this four-inning relief appearance out of nowhere in, like, April, I want to say, for the Rangers. And he was sitting, I want to say, 96, 97. And it was time TJ And it was absolutely just, What? why and then i remember thinking oh my gosh he's gonna he's gonna get opportunities the rangers you have the mm-hmm. you've got you got heaney you've got Ivaldi. he's gonna get this i'm so excited i'm so excited it would never come it was just never happening stupid dame dunning and then all of a sudden i know right? what the, oh my gosh <laughs> no i like, love I, dame dunning it drove me nuts <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden this trade happens with the chapman and i uh, and i'm like this is it 
This is it. He's going to go to KC. He's going to get this opportunity because who's on the, is the Royals. Like, what, what are they doing here, huh? And he doesn't start except for a doubleheader where it, it was so funny. That was the day that Alec Marsh had 11 strikeouts. Oh, wow. And everyone's freaking out about Alec yeah. Marsh. You can go back on my timeline and you can see me be like, everyone's freaking out about Alec Marsh, but I'm freaking out about Kel Reagans. They're on the wrong because guy. Because he's, he's spotting his fastballs. He's throwing the velocity. I think it was actually like 97, 98 mile per hour fastballs then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy, oh boy, let's go. And it, we did our trade deadline stream, Spore. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Yarbrough gets dealt the greatest the trade of the deadline. And I'm freaking out. Because Cole Reagans is going to start now. Because the door is now open for oh young my Cole. Gosh. And he is just brilliant. I mean, it was only 94.5, I think, in the first one that he made. I was like, okay. I mean, it's still really, everything was great. Yeah, because um, even that was, even that was way up from last year. Because I, I mentioned that he's a two-time TJ. So he's, it's Cole Reagans throwing 92 last year. People were probably like, this is, who is right. this uninspiring lefty? The people that kind of had more knowledge of of his history were like, no, there's more in the tank. And as he gets healthier, the velo can go up. And he came to spring this year at 96. And and from the oh left boy. side, that's crazy. Oh man! So it was it was a little bit lower. But I I remember in the round being like, we're just he gets Boston next. I don't care. Like this is insane because he's the command of his four seamers upstairs. Five pitches. It's not like there's so many times I get excited about a young pitcher, and it's like, oh, he's such a good slider though. You know, this is good. You know, I even look at Reed Detmers. My excitement about him is because he's yeah. throwing 95 upstairs, sliders inside, and then this curveball for strikes essentially is like the Justin Steele method, but also having a curveball in the zone. I was like, oh, this could be really good because that, that three-pitch mix, mix is great. It's five for Cole Reagans. Five real pitches. And it's a better fastball than Detmers, right? It's He shows up against Boston. That video of me watching his start, those were real noises. I wasn't embellishing... <laughs> My excitement. It's a great video, by the way. For on every YouTube. single one, it's it's just uh, he can throw any one of them at any time. It's a four seamer that dominates right handers up and inside at ninety eight. He threw one oh one in his last start. No He's one from the left side throws one oh one. That is it named Randy Johnson or Real World's Chapman. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. As a starter, it's uh yeah Randy Johnson back in the day when James Paxton threw his no hitter against the Jays. Yep. I remember him throwing a hundred up and into Josh Donaldson in like the eighth or ninth inning and just being like, this is absurd. So no hot. one does this. Cole Riggins is just doing it now. And then he has a cutter at 94 that he goes back inside with. Oh yeah. And a changeup that has a 23% swing strike rate. Oh yeah. A slider that is just devastating down and in. And then this curveball that is like what? A 50% cold strike rate. Eh, like, casual. This doesn't exist. He is a unicorn. And to see him just, explode like this out of nowhere is i mean sure i I understand the health the longevity we don't know we don't really know that about any pitcher that's the thing right and i've stressed this throughout the year just go get him yeah so let's let's talk next year then let's get both in on this if he continues like this yeah and and has has a great september but where, where's it going to go to? Because if he's yeah. this good, why is it a problem? I, I understand what you're you saying. Like, he, he could you, go sky high. You, the and you. you two are the problem. <laughs> you're going to ruin the price on Cole Reagan. I don't yeah. care. And, I don't care. Um, I mean, I'll probably still be in on what's, it. What's uh, too high? Yeah. What's too yeah. high first? Let's set a baseline of like what's well, too high for Cole the thing, Like, There are so many good young pitchers right now that will probably overshadow him just on based on good. their volume in 2023 uh 
that maybe he won't jump over the Bryce Millers and the Brian Woos and the Andrew Abbott's. uh, And he will still be affordable. But my guess is going to be around pick 150, um, especially with all the hype that's around him. And that's 10th round in a 15-team league. That's that's Tyler Glass now, Pablo Lopez, Chris Bassett, Kodai Senga this year. Kodai Mm -hmm. Senga hadn't pitched in the majors. Tyler Glass now. That's Glass now after he got hurt. Good for 12 innings a year. Yeah. You know, Bassett established, you know, veteran. I think Pablo Lopez is like a really, really good kind of example of like an ADP comp where Mm -hmm. you, you look at Lopez and you go, man, he has the stuff to be a top 20 starter. I just don't know if he's gonna. Dustin May be went one thirty six. Like he was, and that was over. a huge mistake. And we, we said it, that at the time. It so. wasn't the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Pop of, so yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. you're talking to like he's gonna have maybe well ninety innings, Cole Reagans, and so it is. It is a small sample to jump that high, but I don't know. I'm looking around this pick area, and if you're right, Justin, that he is in that one forty to one sixty sort of range. I'm not sure I have probably like Brady Singer was there based off of his run last year. Um, you know, Tristan McKenzie with all the health concerns that he has, he might've already been hurt actually. No, no, no. Cause yeah, he had a min pick of 63. Yeah. So the injury had already struck with him on this main event ADP. So, you know, I, I like the Pablo Lopez. I can't find somebody that had that small of a sample. That's why it's I brought up so saying I hadn't pitched. It's hard, but like, what's not to believe in it? I well, know it's okay. a small sample, but there's a lot to love. Right. Um, so I think, I mean, the the relative comps there are interesting because like with Pablo Lopez it was about more of health I think like the yeah. floors of the other guys way higher than we're going to see of all of the guys going around that range this uh, next year because next year's like ten to fifteen young pitchers that we all love right Half um, on Cleveland and something yeah right uh, and something that I'm thinking about a lot with it is um, th- one of the traps that I get into and it's the hardest thing that I do personally is I see how these guys can be incredibly successful. It's just they're in this middle tier of their command where we don't know if they're going to be consistent with their arsenal enough. Some guys just do it, and it's amazing, and it's great, and we're just so happy. that Those are the guys that really take those leaps and become consistent and phenomenal for your teams. While, you know, for example, a good example here is Strider versus Javier. Javier took a massive step back with his command, wasn't able to throw slider strikes, Strider kept it completely and it was amazing, right? And mm-hmm. he's just one of the best pitchers in the majors, obviously SP1 right now. So, I mean, obviously a little bit different there, but that's the kind of idea. And then you see like Gavin Williams, can he get his secondary pitches? Uh, can he get his curveball and slider consistent? We didn't see it yesterday. And that's going to be the issue from Tanner. Same with Tanner Bybee. Same with Bobby Miller. Is he going to take the leap with his curveball and his slider? Yuri Perez is looking like he can do that, but he's still also going to be 2021 next year. And I don't yeah. really know what we're going to see out of that. This is the case for all these young pitchers. So Cole Reagan's, I do want to say, I believe more in with his command against the Cardinals wasn't amazing command, right? That was a big weakness of that. He leaned too much in the secondaries out of the zone and didn't lean in on the fastball enough in that one. I love the bounce back in in Wrigley after that. The thing is though, it wasn't until the fifth and sixth inning. No, but he fought. And when he was pushed in the corner, Instead of giving, you know, he he got well, beat a bit by the cards and then battled against the, he has the Cubs. These five pitches. He's not just gonna be like, all right, here are my fastballs. Go ahead. Yeah. He will go three two changeups all the time. He will be like, I'm going to just gonna throw sliders at two o two one. I don't care. I love that about him, and I feel like over time that should get better. 
And I saw Reed Detmers have Amazing Command, and I'm like, well, yeah. this is who he's going to be. And then he didn't because he's we've young, seen, and this is yeah. what happens. Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green, same kind of thing. I know injuries played the role there too, but this is the kind of story that it is with these guys. So exactly. it's going to be so difficult. Um, this entire offseason, it's going to be all these young guys. Who are your favorite ones? I am love that we get another month of Cole Reagans. It's going to be an amazing schedule too. The Cubs are like the toughest team he gets for the next like three weeks or something ridiculous. Yeah, being in, being in the Central uh, really helps. Yeah. I want to invoke another na- a name that I already did earlier and suggest that maybe Justin's a little too light on the ADP prediction, especially if Reagans has another month like this because Jesus Lazardo, after 100 mm. innings, he went, he went 118. Um, and you mentioned Reed Detmers, 130, 133. So, you know, you look at young guys like that. I mentioned the Dustin May thing, 136. So you look at those three young guys, everyone bought in on their upside, Nick Lodolo, 117. I wonder if maybe you're selling it short and Reagan's ends up higher, which again, makes it a little bit more of a dicier proposition, but uh, I could see him up in that range with some younger, some of the younger guys. I think the difference, I mean, Detmers is probably the closest comp in terms of like the ADP comparison Mm -hmm. Uh, because May and Lazardo top tier prospects for a really long time. People would have been excited about them for years. Uh, And so like, I think that they got pushed up closer to that tier that we saw a couple years ago with McClanahan and Manoa when they were all around like the one tens. So maybe he is in like the one thirty to one forty kind of area. I still think I'm buying. I think, Oh, I am too. I, and here's the thing. Like for me, if you play in an auction league, it's going to be really fun to see because you know, we saw it like Nick and I were in the same Tout Wars League. And we got to a certain part of the draft, and that tier of pitcher went way too effing cheap. And so if you're smart with your auction Gray, bidding, baby. yeah, he got Sonny Gray. I got uh, Tyler Glass now, and I'm trying to remember the other guy that I, I got for very cheap. Um, I just can't off the top of my head. Uh, but I think this, I think that's going to be a really fun tier to dip in multiple times to, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm definitely going to be toying with the idea of doing something like pocket aces and then waiting for that tier for my next, for my third and fourth pitchers. Yeah. So I, th- I think that makes a lot, a lot of the, sense there. Nick, did you want to add something on before? Yeah. The we move? one, the one thing I really want to mention with a lot of this is, um, I mean, I'm obviously a little bit different uh, in the sense that I focus so much more on the arsenal and like what what they do. And if if Cole Reagan's the next month showcases that he still has these five pitches that are all all competitive, not like one is like a 40 percent strike rate. Maybe he develops that one or something. If this is truly like a five pitch mix, the floor on Reagan's productivity is way higher. I mean, it's it's something that to really consider with this, like with Dustin May. The biggest hesitation I had was, well, it's a sinker that doesn't get whiffs and he needs to still develop the four seamer. The uh, we saw a brief moment of the breaking ball and cutter whiffs. But honestly, before he got hurt this year, it wasn't really showing up much until close to the TJ that he had. Right. And uh, with Luzardo, with Luzardo, he has three that are great. And it's been really annoying to see this. Like Alex Fast keeps sending me texts about how bad he is. Um, and it's annoying because we have this whole wager. He had him at like 61. I had him at 31 in the preseason. I'm like, how could you possibly do 61? 61. Um, but I, but it was because of the health and he didn't really believe yeah. this, this stuff as much. And the four seamer doesn't grade out as well as I think it should. Um, but what I'm getting out there though, that's still just three. That's still three pitches, right? And you look at the other ones, it's Tanner Bybee has a good slider, 
The other three pitches, I think, still need work. Uh, Gavin Williams, it's a really amazing four-seamer, and the slider and change and curve need to be a little bit better. With Reagans, it's like, these are all amazing. The biggest knock that I'm surprised we haven't brought up, it's the Royals. Yeah, and yeah I saw Royals, someone in, in the chat say that too. Bobby about... Witt has ruined my day too much at short. It, it's driving me crazy. We, uh, he had uh, Reagans around two hits. In his, in his last start against Athletics. First was a change of the shouldn't have thrown in the first batter of the game. And it still bothers me. He gets a little bit too love happy with the changeup and it's annoying. Yeah. Second was a grounder to Wit that is like a routine ball that Wit made so much harder. He charged it <laughs> and threw it way too soon. Perez tried to slap tag it, didn't happen, and he called it a hit. Any other shortstop, that's an error. Or they don't an call out. errors anymore. Yeah, and it stinks. And it's like that's a one-hit game. From from Reagan's, how dare you make this how look even worse? Dare you do that? Oh my gosh! So I mean, th- that is a thing, and also the Royals, I don't trust as much as organizations. I actually think of I like agree with that. Five organizations um, that I don't like how they do pitching development. Um, it's the Rockies, it's the Nationals, it is the Royals, it is the Angels, um, and then I kind of want to throw in Pittsburgh, but they're getting better. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if the Royals are going to have the right conversations with Reagan's about pitch mix and saying look like you're getting too happy with that change up you should be focusing on this four seamer more or so on and so forth maybe so, he's one of those self-starter types that can kind of maybe it is i mean i don't know so stupid good I'm hoping. oh my gosh it, so you we'll know see. on the other side of that because you're not wrong to bring that up and like i said chat was hitting on that with regards to royals development um on the counter at least a little bit is the park and outfield defense is really strong so there's two elements there sure. that are at least okay for being part of KC, but I totally agree. I, I would trade a uh, good park and good outfield defense for better pitching development. Uh, but we got to go with what we got right now. And at least there and are some positives. And the division. Sucks. Yes, yes, yes. The division, even if the Tigers get a bit better, um, even if, you know, the Guardians spend more than $5, like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if a couple teams got a little bit better, the Central's still going to be a spot where you want to pitch. So, bottom line, love Cole Reagans. Can't wait to see how this final month goes and where his price goes. Going to be eager to see if he goes in those first seven rounds of the um, of, of the early draft that, that Rob DiPietro and crew are doing. Corbin Burns 2020, right? Is that what we're looking oh, at? God. Ooh. Don't say stuff like that because it no, ruins No, but I mean, it. I'm trying to think of like a guy that had like, it's going to be like seven or ten starts or something. Yeah, that's that a really good. I mean, gonna, that's know. a really good comp, but that's yeah. gonna blow the ADP out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it, I couldn't it, find. The, there's no such thing as a Pollock push. Stop the the this. best I could well, find. That's not, not so true. much a Pollock push, but I think, and I think there is a Pollock push. No, but it's the fact that people were going are going to compare. You know, if we get a few more starts like that, people are going to start going. Well, you know, he could be Corbin Burns esque. And then he starts going in the fourth, fifth round. Okay, no, that's not, no, 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 no. That, that and that's a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't endorse it, unfortunately. I want yeah. to, but like if you're turning down Max Freed for Cole Reagans, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I wouldn't even do that. I want Max Freed and Cole Reagan. Yeah, exactly. Cole yeah. Get, give me, give me both young yeah. lefties. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to some two step guys here and talk about where we're going to start them, if anywhere. And of course, situations are going to matter here. That's why I'm going to bring up this first guy because normally you say, what are you talking about? No way I'm going to start Charlie Morton at Colorado and at the Dodgers. But if you're win seeking and you can take the whip pain, is there a world where you start him, Justin? If I am straight up win seeking, I think I guess I could. But 
The underlying numbers on Morton have been scary all season long. Yeah, his whip's terrible. And and I'm just waiting for the disaster starts. I think the, one of these, or maybe even both of these, could be. So if I'm protecting my ratios at all, and I, I want to implore people, people think ratios don't move this late in the season. They absolutely do. And you can hurt yourself a ton by making poor streaming decisions right now. So I would probably pass on Charlie Morton going to Colorado and the Dodgers. But if you are win seeking, I totally understand it. But uh, I just I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that he is on an 18 inning scoreless streak. Granted, that was all against New York, twice the Mets, once the Yankees uh, with 25 Ks in those 18 innings, nine walks, nine hits. So, again, he is white hot right now. Three wins in all in, in those games. But you're going to Colorado, which is always tough, especially if you allow hits and, and give them some free passes along with it. And then the Dodgers are always difficult. So it is tough. But yes, if you are specifically win seeking and your ratios can't really be hurt by a potential uh, bomb, like if you do have some good distance or if you're just really okay to just go for wins and you're hoping to at least get one here, I can get it. But that's really the only spot I can get it with Morton right now. Uh, Nick, what say you? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's 139 whip this year. It, it, I mean, that's the thing. It's oh been bad even apart from everything else. It gets hidden by the 337 ERA. These guys skate in fantasy. They do damage to teams yeah. because people are so ERA focused. And there's it, been 13 wins too. So I don't want to say there's been no value, but 138 whip is punishing. I lost my uh, season in 2011. I think it was 2011 because I started Jeff Smarzja the entire year. Oh. It was a 134 whip that year. I think it was. Whip. Yeah, whip and, and uh, this is why he's called Loose Lips to me. His nickname is Shark. And who's the best shark? It's Jaws, Jaws right? Yeah. And if you are an ineffective shark, you have loose lips and they sink ships. So there you go. That is why my nickname why. was never understood Loose that Lips for, for Smarzja. I just always had this vendetta against him. But what? yeah, Whip is a big thing. Smarzja is a really nice dude. I'm sure he is. He, he, he's a good loose pitcher. Loose just, you know. Where do you think Charlie Morton's ranked this year among starters on the Rasball? Oh, it's got to be super high. I think it's 13 wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, it's like top in 20, 15th in strikeouts or something like that. It's yeah, like Nick, it's. Justin's really close. Yeah. You, you guys are right. So with the 13 wins, uh, 157 Ks and 142 innings, 337 ERA, he is outrunning the whip at 138, um, being the 21st pitcher. So better than I thought. So maybe the whip isn't as crushing as I thought. But if your team construction is wrong, it can certainly be hurting you more yeah. than you think. So I, I do mean, think that the, those guys yeah. can get overlooked. But in this case, Morton is doing enough everywhere else to really still be good. It's Very actually difficult. part of the reason I overlooked Senga for a bit because the whip yes. was so bad. And yep. I turned around in July. I was like, wait a second. No, those strikeouts are just so big. And he's done much better since. So, yeah, it's, it's just so yeah. worth it. Let's stick with another old guy and stay with you, Nick, here. Uh, Chris Sale. He gets Houston and then KC come and then he heads out to KC. And I will I will reiterate, KC's been sneaky decent at the dish lately. They haven't been piling up a bunch of wins, but they've been getting some hits and doing some things. Um, and we're still kind of building back up on sales pitch counts. Now he did get to 80 last time out against the Astros. Five innings, four runs, nine Ks. He gets the Astros again. And then KC, are you starting Chris Sale in tens and twelves? I think 15s you got to, so I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Really so I mean, with a lot of these guys, if you have them, I think you just do it. Um, with sale, it's weird because he was down to 91.6 and then he topped out at 93.6, I think. And then he was, he ramped up in his last one, which is good to see. Uh, it mm -hmm. was against the Astros. He gets them a second time, which is just the most annoying thing. Um, but, uh, he ramped up to 95, 96 by the end of that, which is very good to see. 
Uh, also, slider command was insanely good against the Astros. Uh, I mean, we're talking like he did have every around. He did a full full around donut of the strike zone. Um, we're avoiding the middle completely. I mean, you have to do this. And yeah, it's KCR. They're better, but you're going to start Chris Sale against that one. Two steps to yeah. me are generally in your favor if you're doing weekly leagues yep. versus singles. So yeah, you, you, you lean toward that. them. You're kind of looking for reasons not to with some of these guys. And we'll get to some guys that are a bit more challenging. Justin, do you have anything to add or to the contrary on sale? No, I, I right, agree. Next with guy guys. then, Jamison Tyon. Again, we're probably looking. Um, I think we're looking even at the at the deeper leagues here, Milwaukee and at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's cooled, but you still, you can still get got by them. And Tyon, he showed the precariousness of pitching. Five no hit innings. He's cooking. Boom! Kerry Carpenter grand slam out of nowhere totally ruins the start. Five and two thirds, four runs, bleh, kind of outing. And he's been very up and down with a lot of his downs being very painful for Jamison Tyon this year. So that's not an easy two step. Milwaukee and at Cincinnati, are you doing that anywhere, Justin? I mean, in a fifteen team league, you may have to just because there's so little on the waiver wire, and you're probably you know win seeking and strikeout seeking. Outside of that, though, I'm probably staying away from Cincinnati in Cincinnati. I just think that is too dangerous of a start uh, that can really, really damage uh, your ratios. So uh, 15 team leagues, probably anything smaller than that. No. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm much different than that. Nick, any love for Jamison Tyon in the he shower squeezes format? squeezes out the most he can from his arsenal. Uh, yep. He did well in that start, right? Um before that grand slam Looked great through five yeah and then is uh sweeper and curve yeah no, sweeper, singles, uh, yeah. Singles, singles singles i want to say sweeper and creep no uh <laughs> his curve and sweeper i uh, have improved um over i uh, over the last month or so but and it's kind of interesting he in some ways has gone back to like tying him back to those yankee games of high four seamers getting whiffs again which he's completely gone away from um, and if he's able to get that curve and super working, there is a chance against Milwaukee, certainly, and still against the Cincinnati Reds. But to, to see a guy that it has to perform at his peak to be good and not great is generally something I do avoid. Yeah. So in the downside is, yeah, severe. I'd rather try to, yeah, secure at least one really good outing instead. There's almost certainly somebody better in 12s as nick points out 15s might be a little dicier but if i if i can get away from jmo jameson tyon in 15s i would like to do that too but you might not be able to you might turn to cincinnati in the shallower formats because these guys have some availability um in the shallower formats not in 15s or even really 12s but a andrew abbott and brandon williamson both get a trip to the giants and then they get the cubs wait what are you doing nick this is easy of course yeah you're doing this. okay yeah yeah we're doing, yeah, we're doing this in, yeah. in tens and twelves I mean, yeah, Williamson has improved. Yeah, let's focus up. on Williamson because Abbott, yeah. I think, is. I, I just yeah. threw him in, but look, go yeah. go with Williamson then. Yeah, I think Abbott's pretty close to a must start this. Point. Yeah, I would agree. Right. I would agree. Uh, which is interesting because Abbott, I mean, Abbott had two terrible starts, two okay we ones. We talked about him early. One. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's kind of funny to me the whole story this year of Abbott. Like when he first showed up, I was like, okay, he's good, but he's not like seven innings, 12Ks, guys. Like, let's exactly. stop calling him a traitor. It's kind of weird and it's going to regress. He's not going to have like a 92% left on base rate and all this whatever stuff. And then he got really bad. Everyone's like, oh, we get rid of Abbott now. I'm like, no, why, why do we have to swing pendulums? Yeah. No, because that's we... when the stuff looked better, when the numbers got worse because he had yeah, all those. He had the no. Up. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll say it, I, I, I was completely wrong on Abbott. He came up 
I thought he was the guy I wanted the least out of all these rookie pitchers. Sure, I wasn't a big fan either. And now I think he's the guy I want most. Oh, I don't know about uh, that. Pretty close to it. Interesting. Outside of uh, Bobby Miller and Yuri Perez, probably above him yeah. still, but. Gavin Williams, I think I well no, I think no 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 no. I take that back. Complete, yeah. And I think in Cole Reagan's though, yeah, Cole Reagan's, Cole Reagan's over He's a rookie in my heart, yeah. But I think Abbott has really shown that he has the. My biggest fear was his command in Cincinnati, and I think what he has shown with what he can do on the mound is that he can limit the mistakes that aren't going to hurt him in that park. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be really, really high on Abbott next year. Interesting. I don't know how much I love his repertoire. Like the four seamer, I think it's good. I think it is. It's good. Yeah. You're right. But, but it's, I mean, he, when he gets it upstairs, but there are games that you just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to keep it downstairs. Like, oh, this isn't good. Well, well whatever. Um, Not worried about that heavy fly ball right in Cincy? Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should be uh, leaning on that more. I mean, that's Being my concern Abbott, for next year with Abbott. I, yeah, I am with so, y'all that he's an easy start right so this now. This is an interesting thing I think about a lot is I uh, am sure you guys have like Nick, you're being an idiot. Um, having a high fly ball rate innately is not terrible in a home run park. And I know that sounds True. crazy to say. No, no. Go ahead and you're, If you're getting super high launch angles constantly, mm-hmm. that's good. That's fine. Sure. It means, oh, but you allow more high fly balls. Well, if you're allowing a lot of ground balls, it often means also the fly balls that you allow are not pop ups. Yes. And those are going to also go out. So pop ups are auto outs too. So they right. don't, you know, and they're much better. That's why you see low babips on guys with fly balls, right? Exactly. So, um, it's, I'm not inherently scared because of that. Now, if you're saying, Nick, it's also close to line drives, I'm like, well, then there's a, there's the issue. So I got to look more into Abbott this offseason. I'm kind of happy just kind of ignore my full analysis for next year until I see the next month. Yeah. And because right I now he has an auto really start I, on it. Right. I agree with that. And um, it, with, it, yeah. It isn't a crazy line drive rate. It's 20% right now. So it is a lot of fly balls. I'd like to see maybe a few more infield flies from Abbott because those sure. are auto outs. So that is a great point about fly balls doesn't automatically mean run for the hills. There are fly ball profiles that work very well. They keep the BABIP down, like you say. Uh, they get those automatic outs with the pop-ups. And yeah, they'll allow occasional homers. But if he keeps the walk rate relatively in check too, then he's not allowing those those multi-run homers. And that's always the concern there. Do you have a last thought on Mason, Abbott? Mason is going to the wrong site to look up Abbott's stuff. I, that's all I, I'm, I'm saying. I'm a company man. <laughs> oh, he, he didn't go to PitcherList.com? I, don't, I, don't, I, I made it so that you like, can do a podcast right quickly. Right in front of him, I like, do, I'm using Vance. If you want to talk about a player on a podcast, especially a pitcher, I made it so that you can do all the things as quick as, it's fine. It's fine. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Pretty, Pretty fast. Oh, company is, man, I, I appreciate it. It is pretty it. fast. Anything else on uh, Williamson uh, or Abbott Williamson's before we move on? fastball velocity increased like a month ago, on, and it's been much better with the fastball and cutter, but the biggest hesitation I had was, does he have a third pitch? And the change has actually been good. Yep. So I'm Watched I'm down night. definitely against the uh, the Giants. Uh, the Cubs are obviously a little bit better, but I think if it means that you have to start from for that for the Giants one, yeah, I'm still doing it in 10-12s. That's exactly it. Lander, is this because I used fan graphs instead of pitcher? You know it's a terrible offense. Yeah, no, yeah. You, like, you, what? Do, you do know there's that. no slant. I don't do slander for the sake of slander. I do. Well, that's I'm that's totally the difference between me and you, yeah, Mason. You're so rude. Yeah. Call him Ned Slanders. <laughs> Moving oh, wow. on. Michael I, Kopech. I love that so much. I'm the one that normally does this. Yeah, Kopech, yeah. absolutely not. Stop this. Yeah, stop this. This fast really is so just, bad. Okay, so I really just wanted to taunt Justin for not cutting him months ago like I did. I may use him in a 15 Why? this week. Why? Because it's because you like pain. More, Don't care. Really good place. The, to I, the idea that like Kopech is going to be saved by the park is ridiculous to me. 
He just threw four scoreless with so many oh, walks wow. and got four whole so innings? lucky. Wow. He had to leave with cramping. He's fine, though. Like, oh, he, no, he, he is not. so lucky. He is not fine. Have, His stuff is Move closer so to the mic and protect yourself from starting him. Yeah, you should have no, cut you, him you two months ago. You shouldn't start him. But like I said, in 15-team leagues right now, especially leagues with IL spots, there are not many options out there. So it, you with have IL to make spots, this, you're I'll right. Find one. I'll find one for you. Me too. I think I would rather start <laughs> JP Sears. You're better Sears. off benching him and having that spot open. I well, agree. You're not allowed to do that. So then I would we'll take, find someone that effectively is that who's on the IL that you slot in. I, I would take an <laughs> Oakland guy because like all the Oakland guys are usually available. Sears. I would take Sears I would take Sears. Sears yeah. isn't, isn't better available. than Kopech. He's not available. Yes, he oh, is. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, not, it's not available. Paul Blackburn. He, not available. I'm streaming Paul Blackburn this Adrian week. Martinez. Okay, well, there you go. He, right. he is available. What about Jesse <laughs> Schultz? What about teammate Jesse Schultons? Schultons is not available. He's was, available. Well, yeah, this Oakland, is this is what I mean. 15 team right. leagues, just it's just a nightmare. Be, I, you're, you're, try, okay, we're going to look at it after. Watch. We're going to do it. Are you talking about Tout, by the way? No. No, okay. he's talking about the main I can't help you there. No, I'm not I, allowed to. I, I I wouldn't expect you to, especially yeah. since you're so far at the bottom of standings. Yeah, no, well, this I, is why I, I'm I will to say you. this. You're welcome, I will say this. Way. Justin's point about, <laughs> um, Justin's point about 15 teams that have ILs specifically. So you're keeping a bunch of guys, um, you know, from being on the waiver wire. Yeah, it might be tough to find somebody else. I still don't want to start him though. You're I'd gonna, rather pick up Kyle Harrison. Oh God, no! Why would you no? I would much rather start Michael Kopech than a double Kyle Harrison right has a better fastball than Michael Kopech. That was a double he's trigger because he's... going to throw two innings and give up a home run. First of Good. all, it Can't was over me. three. Yeah, and that's also better than Michael Kopech. Okay, Correct. we're going to move on. We're yeah, moving we are moving on. on. We are moving on. Reese Olsen gets the Yankees and a trip to the White Sox. That's Can't a pretty good it. setup for Reese Olsen. I didn't put Tarek Skubal because I think he's a, a, an, an auto. Uh, but what about Reese Olsen, Nick? Are you starting Reese Olsen anywhere? He's what I call a young gun, who's a okay. guy that I think actually over time can get more experience and become more consistent and be something to consider next year. Changeup isn't there yet. When it is on, it's lovely. He has a very good slider. If yeah. Reese Olsen throws enough four seamers and sinkers inside, then this can actually work. But Problem I mean, is, I guess the Yankees and White Sox is not the worst. Way better than Kopech. Agreed. Way better than Kopech. Agreed. But not someone I would feel confident doing. Jamison Tyon or Kopech? Tyon. Tyon. Okay, just making sure that we were there. I, I, th I thought we were. But yeah, uh, Reese Olsen, anything to add, Nick? They're fighting, guys. They're fighting, uh, mumbling on. He's Tyoff. Oh, this is like this, this is like the most uh, fun yet weirdly awkward. Oh, if I had my if I knew where my cell recording phone was, I would situation. call him about Caleb Smith right now. That'd be, yeah, that would have been that'd be so funny if you called him right next to him. All right, uh, so Reese Olsen, we're we're going with you. You, you co-signed that, Nick. Yeah. I mean Justin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wade Miley, crusty old Wade Miley gets tripped to the Cubs and home to Philly. I, I like Wade Miley, man. He's in that kind of you know yeah, Merrill well, Kelly type. Easy old guys that do well i'm starting him in 15s i'm considering him in 12s you probably can find better in 10s um uh, but i oh, like yeah. wade miley i'm starting him in 12s and 15s yeah what about I you agree. justin it's, yeah i just it, it's okay matchups and he's just that old crusty guy that seems to get it done 80 so. pitches though is what you might see true he's been in that 80 to 90 range pretty Versus tight so philly might be a problem because philly Hell likes yeah. to walk on and, and well, they're starting to get even the cubs are tough but i'm still i'm still rolling with them in 15s for sure actually i might pass in, in 12s. 12s um the thing is you just gotta 
ask yourself, okay, do I buy that Wade Miley is going to, Made Miley is going <laughs> to, Made Wiley? Made Wiley is going to throw changeups enough and be able to do that against the Phillies. Because, like, I mean, he's a four seamer cutter guy. He's going to try and just. Yeah just inside all day to right handers. Mm-hmm. It's just about, okay, is he going to get that cutter in a way and lefties is going to be able to get the change up against righties, right? At least some of the best hitters um, are lefties for Philly. So maybe that helps. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things of, we can say it's going to be great. It's going to be weird. It's like, I don't know what he's going to do in that day. So yeah. I hope it's going it, to It's hard to know, but I'm starting him. 15s for sure. Yeah. 12s, 12s. You don't have to, right? It's not, it's not a guaranteed start Wade Miley, but if, if you, if you land on him, I think it's okay, but you could probably find something a bit, a bit more savory there uh, than Wade Miley in 12s. But keep him. I think he's a team streamer. Taiwan Walker is kind of a man. right-handed Wade Miley type, to be honest, in terms of just wait, baseline uh, expect. In terms of like baseline yeah. expectations, he gets the Angels and then uh, a trip to Milwaukee, which he might be facing Wade Miley then. So what about Taiwan Walker? I mean, with Walker, it's so weird. He had 90.6 on his fastball. So the Phillies were like, yo, we're not going to let you start next time. We have a six-man anyway. So let's just kind of yeah, they wait a him. week. And they skipped him, and then he came back. I mean, his four-seamer across 10 of them averaged 93, but his sinker was like 91 and change. And I am super terrified because I don't think with a guy like Walker in this way that you have that start and then you get better in the next one. I feel like it's that was them saving up for a good start, and then it's going to get worse. Like charging and, up his energy. Right, like and then it's like character. wasted. 100%. So, so... I don't like this at all. At the same time, the Angels don't have Trout. Yeah, the Angels are Otani. What's going on? They've been in an atrocity of an offense. Mm-hmm. The Brewers are not someone to be terrified of. It's nope. a decent win chance, and Taiwan Magic exists. So I feel like you got to do it. It's I agree just with all that. my my whole essence is just get, get get the uh, get the tums in order when when you start yeah. Taiwan. I love Taiwan. He I always have to divorce my heart from my head with him. He's just a player I root for and I really like. Uh, he seems like a good dude to his video Absolutely. game nerd and all that. So, so I, that doesn't do me anything for fantasy though. I can't say he's a cool guy, so give me a win. Um so you know, I got to divorce the two things there and it can be tough because I want to start him and he has good starts, but his skills are always modest. So yeah, I agree with everything Nick said. If you win chasing, you can go for it, but be careful. Uh Justin, anything to add on Taiwan Walker before we move on? to your your guy just that by the time walker gets to face the angels that may be one of the worst lineups in baseball. oh my god they, especially like, if otani isn't playing which is crazy reason. how much we were avoiding the angels uh in streaming because they were great yeah they when they had both they were great and even when they first lost trout they stayed good but yes they have now come down because in fairness they haven't just lost trout Right? Everyone acts like, oh, it's just Trout and Otani. No, they had like 50 injuries, dude. Like they yeah. lost Neto, they lost Crone, yeah. Rendon, Urshela, Taylor Ward, right? So it's like, it's not, Watch. I think people just think it's Trout's gone now and that's why they're bad. No, it's because they really decimated their lineup. Did, did you see the the tweet about- uh, Tungsten Arnold uh, Doyle? Yeah. No, uh, uh, I give, is it Chanel? How do you, uh, uh, how do you pronounce uh, his name? Shanwell. Shanwell has a higher war this season than Anthony Rendon. (laughs) Oh my God. I believe it. Cause all he's done is come up and just take walks. Yeah. He has a 27% walk rate and an 8% K rate. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah call him Shamwow. I'm I'm with that. Nolan Shamwow uh, has mm -hmm. a 538 OBP. I believe though. Yeah, point, that, everyone's gonna love that one. His point two WAR is better than uh, Anthony Rendon's. I believe it. I mentioned we're going to your guy, Justin, because it's uh, your Giants. Alex Cobb, Cincy, and a trip to San Diego. We talked about the defense earlier. Nick highlighted how devastating it is. Cobb usually takes the brunt of it over these past couple years, to be honest. 336 and 333 BABIPs the last two years, and that has really hurt his whip. But the ERA, staying steady. 373 last year, 374 this year. Um, you know, decent win chance because y'all are not a terrible team, although I don't trust that offense. But Alex Cobb, any viability beyond 15s? Because I think in 15s you can do it, but what about 12s and lower? If you had asked me last week, I would have told you no, that he hadn't looked right for a few starts. Uh, most recent start, he looked like the Alex Cobb we've kind of gotten to know over the you know over the course of the last couple of seasons. So I'm actually inclined to roll him out in tens and twelves. Uh, but Cobb or Miley, Cobb, Nick. We've seen ten games of Alex Cobb since returning from the IL. Yeah. Ten of them. Okay, I'm going to pull the earbud out as I lean away from Justin. Uh, <laughs> We've seen two of those games where he's had a splitter. Just two. And fortunately, it was the last one, right? That was good. But we also saw another time against the Oakland Athletics where he had it. And that was the nine strikeout game on July 25th. In these 10 starts, 4-7 ERA with a 138 whip and an 18% carry. So I... And it's a splitter too, right? Like... Yes, you know me and splitters. Yeah, I was going to say, huge and, surprise that, uh, that yeah. you're highlighting the splitter volatility. Oh, gosh. And it's just, how much do I want to really buy into one game of a splitter being back? Right? And it's possible. We've seen Alex Cobb has, has been uh, immune to the whole splitter volatility over the years. But to see how much we've dealt with it over the past 10 games since coming back from the IL is startling to say the least. I'm going to go with Wade Miley because of this. Yeah, I think so too. Um, again, I think it's I think it's possible. I think Cobb's no, on wrong. the list. I you just trust wrong. Miley a little bit more, and I do worry about the defense. And since he's San Diego, it's not easy. Like both of those teams, like since he's in a little bit of a cold spell after they were crazy hot but for a while. Since he, it's since he's in San Francisco and it's San Diego in That's San true. Diego. Both That's a great good places to pitch. Uh, and so I'm uh, I'm more if if we were talking about one of the starts being in Cincinnati, I'd probably say I'll go Miley and just kind of skip that one. But being in San Francisco, in San Diego, I think are pretty two pretty good locations to take the gamble there. I think that's completely fair. Hang on to that mic there because we're going to end with a guy who I also associate you with because you were a big Josiah Gray fan coming into the season. And it looked pretty good coming in, you know, for a while. And I will say the composite right now. You still got to feel good about a sub four ERA, 385 with seven wins, 118 Ks and 136 innings. He has sacrificed some Ks to try to help that command. And it has helped. 2.3 homer nine down to 1.2 is a massive, massive improvement. Some would even say it's damn near cut in half. Um, that's great. But the 146 whip is pretty ugly. And he doesn't have as many wins as, and strikeouts as Charlie Morton to make up for such a whip. He gets a trip to Toronto and then hosts Miami. Are you starting your boy Josiah Gray on the heels of a solid start against the Yankees, but he did walk five. I'm trying to bring up real quick, and it's hard to do because we're, we're sharing <laughs> earbuds. It's, it's uh, so great. I'm use my other computers. So I'm trying to see where I put him in my uh, 
two-star article this We're not week. even in, but like the first four tiers, and he's already like, no, no, no. <laughs> and there's only five tiers, which yeah, means... So that's going to be... I, it seems I like a no, the that's that's very, He's literally the last tier. one. He's literally the last guy on my list. Okay. So that, those aren't in order I know, of like... It can't because so if, if Justin right doesn't like him, then I, yeah. I don't know how many other people are going to get... And I say that because, again, this is one of your guys. It's so so many walks. Um and At so little so win, homers. so little win potential in Washington. Yeah. I just think that it's it's really hard to do. I mean, obviously, fifteen team leagues, you're probably rolling with them because there aren't very many options, like we've said with a number of these guys. But I think you can find a better guy in tens and twelves. I, I think I do Wade Miley over him. Yeah, I think so too. I like that. That's become the barometer of. I know. Well, in those shallow formats, I I do think he is a fair well, barometer. What, what was what was the line on the old Wandy fantasy line. book? The Wandy, the Wandy line. So Wandy it's, yeah, it's now the it's now the Miley line. The Miley well, line. Well, do you swim? You do you wade? Or do you tan? I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, that is pretty good. Nick, can I get some thoughts from you on Josiah Gray for next year? These improvements that we've seen with the home run rate. What's the next step? Is there a Stop path to a million home runs? Is there a path yeah, to improving the walk see, rate? See, you're talking about it on like the walks and the, the home runs. I'm like, what what is it with this repertoire? What is he gonna be? What did right? you yeah. say last no, I'm asking night you that about Blake Snell. Oh, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Man, the mistake rate was weird. And he's got to throw more strikes. But that's like, I'm talking about the individual pitches. He's got to throw more strikes. It's four-seamer. It's a 59% strike rate, which is seventh percentile. This is now we're talking about? No, no, no. This is uh, Josiah Gray. Oh, okay. Now, Blake now Snell we're throws on. like the fewest mistakes of any pitcher in the majors, which is the funniest thing to me. He's just got to throw more in, over the zone to limit the walks because he doesn't allow hits. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, these are the fun conversations. Of course, Justin and Mason and yeah. I have over dinner. That's just, you know, duh. life, no. Only baseball all the time. Okay. That's right. Uh, sliders have been the thing for Josiah Gray, right? 32% usage this entire year. But it's below average in strike rate. And I think that's an important thing to note because a lot of times you see these lower strike rates on sliders when they aren't the primary pitch for them. They're saving them. They're throwing them more in two strike counts, all that kind Spiking of stuff. Spiking them. Right. And Josiah Gray needs to have a more reliable strike pitch. He doesn't have one. He's trying to find one. Maybe it's the cutter you want to say, but it's a 23% CSW pitch, that cutter. 34% hard, uh, 34th percentile hard contact on it. Like, that's not enough. The curveball, oh no, 56% strike rate. And when I see a strike rate, I need to see a pitch that's like 65% plus. Yeah. That you can, that has success, right? And he doesn't have that. So he's actually tried to move more to sinkers. Um, And Josiah Gray gets that strike rate high on that, but it's, an O swing of 23%. And when it comes to sinkers, I need to see if I think like this is a great sinker. That means that you're throwing it to the same handedness inside off the plate. The best one, the barometer of that, like the elite elite is Zach Wheeler's, which is like 50% sometimes. And I'm just, how do you do this is amazing. But a lot of the guys that have fantastic ones, also Pablo Lopez is doing that this year. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, Justin Mason. Um, has like 40% O swing on a sinker out of nowhere, right? He just added that skill. It's 23% for Josiah Grace. This is not that pitch. So I don't see the real path here outside of the slider. All of a sudden becomes a massive strike pitch. The four seamer is saved just for two strikes to go up in the zone, which it can do and get strike uh, swing strikes on. Then the cutter needs to be better. The curveball needs to be more consistent. There are too many things for me for him to figure out. And he's still battling all of these things right now. Like the ratios, I'm fine. Whatever. He has a better ERA in this stretch. None of it to me is like, oh, no, it's because he's a better pitcher now and he's found a groove or something. It's still him just trying to figure this out. 
Yeah, I, I think that all makes a lot of sense with Josiah Gray. You can take some solace in the home run rate drop, but not enough has come around it to really see it as a huge building block for the future. The next development step isn't obvious right now. It'd have to be something that we see in spring where he changed his change up, he added a pitch, he changed a pitch, et cetera, et cetera. Something like that has to come through for Josiah Gray right now uh, to really get excited about him for next year. You know, Steve, what happens, Justin, when you go to a different site to, to look up things about a pitcher, the quick analysis you can have? In a this pitcherless site is yeah. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. there <laughs> That's why I use it every episode. Yeah, you should totally check it out if you've never been to PitcherList.com. Oh, there you go. There it is. I'm just you trying to help you, Justin. You got to check that sucker out. It's great. To help yeah, that, that's it for our two steps there. If anybody has a question about somebody that we didn't cover, the rest are either obviously yes or obviously no for the most part. Um, that's why they weren't included. I don't need you know Nick and uh, Justin to break down if we're starting Zach Gallon and things like that. So uh, what's on tap for we the weekend, guys? We are starting Zach Gallon. Gallon okay, gals for life. Good to know. I am a Gallon gal and a boy boy. Um, when's the wedding, Nick? Uh, it's it's Saturday after. So then what, what do you guys got planned for today? Uh, we're going to the Giants game. <gasps> oh yeah who are you watching pitch spencer strider logan oh webb. my gosh i'm so jealous i don't think webb is pitching actually no really Did um i think, I he, think is. he is yeah, yeah. you're getting webb strider awesome. i asked them to oh, pitch my for god yeah that's awesome i am We're super be jealous there with that. doug thorburn and sammy reed and trickin and sammy reed jay crumpler jay crumpler and Osaris. you know sarah if you guys are there danielle at, at the game oh, of course danielle yeah. if you guys are there just you know jealous DM us. And then we'll this, we'll meet up. We'll find you. That'd be great. By the way, the only the only downside of you guys going to this is you're gonna miss an amazing slate. There are a lot of good matchups. This mm. is the this is the nightcap. I'm obviously going to I'm going to a concert tonight too, so I'm gonna miss it as Who's well. Um, JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. Oh, nice. I have no idea who. Yeah, I, I, that, I was that's just want to validate him. That's not surprising, but I appreciate <laughs> I <don't know> you. <laughs> I appreciate you pretending like you knew who they were, Nick. Yeah, Thank you I got much. you. Yeah, have a good time. But yeah, you got uh, Hunter Green, Brandon Fought, nice little battle of youngsters mm. there. Uh, you Darvish, Brandon Woodruff, Lance Lynn, oh, Cutter yeah. Crawford, Dane Dunning, Sonny Gray, Brady Singer, Bryce Miller. You know, not they're not all aces, but yeah, like but really intriguing matchups. Tanner no Bybee, Chris though. Bassett, no Cole Reagans, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, lots of fun guys. My boy Christopher Sanchez going today. My oh, yeah. NL, my NL version of Cole Reagans. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, lots of great stuff going on. I hope you guys have a great time at the Giants game. Enjoy the wedding as well. Thank you, Justin. Anything going on Sunday? Uh, no, because I think I'm driving Nick to the airport. That oh, makes yeah. total I'm sense. I'm going right, to LA then. now. So then you and I will be back on Monday. Wait, you're going to LA after this? Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go to the Dodgers game. I gotta, I gotta see people. We're having a meet up next Saturday, so should be fun. Wait, so you have like, a, you're like on a West Coast trip? Yeah, I never come out here, so I'm taking advantage of it. You know, and that's I get, sick. I'm like, look at this shack. This is the best time ever. No, I mean this is fantastic. I, 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 I that said though, do you also prefer catcher list? I see the sign back there. It says, oh, I, I know this catcher. is this is Justin's. I actually have that exact same thing. It's so annoying to swap the letters. So I just he does it every episode though. So yeah, suck it up and just change it. That is determination, guys. I initially had it, mm -hmm. and it, it's really annoying. I no, I I don't. That is I, not I, where Alex Fast is going. He's you, you cannot see this because it's on the other side of the camera, but Nick left me a note on my whiteboard that says Caleb Smith is good. Yeah, I, I got True. you. True. I didn't, I didn't leave this. I've actually never seen I've never the whole setup here. Yeah, yeah, Nick is the only person who's uh, from the industry that's ever I been in the shack. That's yeah. fantastic. Now I'm jealous, though. This is kind of a... Uh, <laughs> 
relationship quarrel here. We're going to end on a negative note because I'm very jealous right no, now. And I'm upset. This is positive. No, this is, it means if you're jealous, it means this there's is, a lot of love. This is the podcast threesome you always wanted. Yeah, we're in a thruple now. That sounds yeah. great. All right, guys. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And uh, Nick, thank you so much for being on with us. Justin, I will so talk to you on Monday. Take it easy.